0: So, you know, when you just have that problem of you have no idea of what to give something to someone?
1: All the time. I love giving gifts, but sometimes it's so hard because, you know, people already seem to have everything.
0: Exactly. Well, the wooden puzzles, Unidragon actually solves this problem for you. So Unidragon, I actually have two of my own of these puzzles and they are awesome. So they are wooden puzzles. Each puzzle piece has its own unique shape like a dragon or a butterfly or uh, a wolf or whatever, and you connect them all together. I mean, this is a great puzzle for adults and for children, and it's all packed in a premium wooden gift box as well. So you don't have to worry about uh, wrapping it up or anything. It is perfect just the way it is. I absolutely love them. Like I said, I have two of my own already um, and I'm excited to get more. I'm hoping I can get a big one and uh, do this with my family. I mean, what a wonderful also like family gift. Well, right now until October 31st, they are allowing our listeners to get 10% off with code Crime 10 Use promo code crime 10 at checkout, and you guys can save 10% off these beautiful, amazing
1: puzzles. So, we're coming up to fall, and even though I love scary things at all times of year, especially around the fall, it is always good to have a nice, scary story. And Indie Drop In Scary Time has different podcasts, they come from a variety. And they give you the best of the best for Mm -hmm. fun stories. I listened to Something Forest, and that's the Japan Suicide Forest. (gasps) And it was by the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. It was super interesting, you know, to hear more of the facts and actual stories behind the Suicide Forest. So I really enjoyed that. There's a whole bunch of others on here. And they just pick some of the best creepy stories from different podcasts. So you can find out fun podcasts and get their creepy stories all at once. That's awesome. So check them out today.
0: a little treat for you today so we actually have the author of crazy is as crazy does the life of a serial killer by john i'm so sorry i'm gonna mess up your name i know it oh you know well is it mudget
2: yes of course mudget
0: yes okay <laughs> hey i finally got a name right <laughs> um yes yeah, so we've got him here with us today So we just had a couple you know, questions, fun little interview that we wanted to do. So what can we expect um, from your book that
2: you wrote? It's definitely a dark. All right. You know how Forrest Gump is set up. I have to always plug Forrest Gump in here every chance I get. But <laughs> You know how Forrest Gump is set up where he meets presidents and he, and he meets like he meets Elvis and he shows Elvis a little dance or he, you know, got he did the Watergate scam because he saw the lights on. So how they bring a little fact into his fictional world. Yes. Well, that's pretty much how this book is operated. Uh, but but what I'm trying to do with the, what, what I'm trying the expectation of the book, hopefully the readers will get is a bird's eye view of the life of a serial killer through John's own eyes. And basically, he runs into people that affect his life in a negative way, instead of a positive way. And it makes him into a, this dark, demented man of a killer. I just like to call it a dark, demented force. Scum. So I'm trying to, I guess I'm, I guess I got lost up in my own thoughts, but basically this book's going to take you down a rabbit hole of how a serial killer operates from when he was first. Is it nurture or is it nature? That's going to be up to you guys to decide, but it's all in there and it's all just outlined. You know, there's different types of killers. There's, there's the hedonistic killer, which kills for sexual pleasure. There's the visionary killer, which like the son of Sam, you know, how he had the dog talk to him. You got the mission-oriented killer and you got like a power and control killer and they can they can have more than one personality in any given time and Basically John meets all these different types of killers and it just he soaks it up and he be, and it makes him stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger if you will. And so I guess what I what the reader what I want the reader to take away from this whole thing is John could be real and he could be living next door to you.
0: I mean it's very true. Your next door neighbor could be a serial killer. Really
2: oh yeah. Yeah, you really don't. But anyway, I hope I answered that question. I'm sorry, it was my first one. I'm still waking up, so I <laughs> mean
0: no, you're just fine. And the whole nature and nurture thing, me and um, Brie have talked about that before. We've mm-hmm. wondered if it, you know, if it comes from more of nature and nurture. Or... Well, it definitely you know,
1: comes up when you're talking about, you know, crimes and killers. So
2: Right. Well, it, it's, you know, I almost named, the, I had three different names for this book, but one of the names was It's in the Blood. And I really believe that it's, you know, it's in your DNA, like It might not ever come out. I'm not saying everybody who has a relative that's a killer is going to be a killer, but I believe it's in there somewhere, if that makes sense. Like Jeff Mudgett is actually, I don't know him. I've been accused of knowing him, but I don't know him. He's not a relative of mine, but he is a direct descendant of H.H. Holmes. Mm -hmm. So so Jeff's very popular. He's out there. I don't, I'm not saying he's a killer. It is in the blood. He he's got to have some light, some sort of insight that maybe we don't have.
0: So uh, how long did it take you to write this book?
2: (laughs) Well, that's a real fun question to answer because this book has been in my mind since this character has been building in my mind since 1996 when I watched Forrest Gump, believe it or not. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Some of the other, you know, psycho movies that were out there at the time, like, uh, Copycat killer with Sivori Weaver, and you got a bunch of them. Sling blade with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Saw those movies, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, what if there was a killer like Forrest Gump, and he ran into other killers? He's not copycatting them; he's being his own killer. But you get that those the Golden Egg because there's an actual killer that's that's interacting with them, and it. It's not far-fetched. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. It took me a, since 1996 to now, what is that, 23 years? But when I actually sat down to write it, it took me nine months to write the book. But it was a long process. You know, life circumstances and everything else got in the way. And I really didn't, I'm a novice writer, and I really didn't know if I should, if I really could do something like that and, and bring it out. But I really felt I had to, I really felt it was a story to share. Because every time I would tell people, you know, hey, what if this guy met? You know, did Ted Bundy really kill two people in one day in Lake Sammamish? Or did my guy kill one of them and then they happened to meet, go from there? Or, you know, how did uh, Charles Whitman actually, because, you know, Charles Whitman shot like, I think it was 16 people from the the Texas Tower. How did he choose his victims? Was my guy in front of the victim and then he shot toward my guy to say hello? And you know what I mean? It's just things like that.
1: That is a very interesting concept.
2: To say the least. But yeah, nine months and I was done
0: with the book. Nine months, but uh some
1: years, years of, yeah,
0: <laughs> of uh thinking about it and and planning right. it.
2: Well, that was the other thing too. You know, every time I get an idea in my head, I wouldn't, I would always write it down. So I had it just in case because like I said, when I was telling friends about it, they were like, oh, that's interesting. But it's hard for me to cross over and say, you know what, I'm going for broke whether good, bad, doesn't matter anymore, I'm I'm going to do it. And so when I put my mind to it, nine months later, it was done.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's it. Like, it is interesting. So you had all this time. And then once you just set your mind to it, you just did it.
2: Right. A lot of spell checking, you know, a lot of things like that.
1: And do you relate to any of the characters in the book?
2: Well, when you say relate to them, do you mean, do I have a demented mind and I want to go out, and you know, decapitate somebody? No, I don't relate to them like that. But, uh, that was supposed to be a joke by the way i didn't hear it <laughs> but i don't know
0: no i i silently was over here giggling a little bit i was like okay oh <laughs> yeah
2: so you know i want everybody to relate to my characters you know I, john is but he's the main character he's the killer and he's very dark a narcissist you know killed birds in the beginning not birds but animals you know things like like normal killers do and he just grew up and there's a place for him with the readers. He's not that hardcore where you you hate him. The way he handles his his uh circumstances he runs into, you kind of have to like the guy. And so yeah, I think the readers can kind of relate to even though John Goodman is really a bad man, you can relate to him. Okay. That, that's why I gave him the last name Goodman, by the way. I was like, I'll just be the opposite of bad man and he'll be a good man. Hmm. And then you have, a yeah, right. And then you have a single mother in there. She's the FBI profiler. And so you can kind of relate to her being a single mom. Well, not maybe not everybody, but single parent, I should say, how her young, her young child interacts with her. So that's another way to, you know, readers can relate to those two. There's really not that many main characters. It's pretty much John and then he's got the FBI agent, her son, who's like eleven years old or not I'm sorry, he's nine years old. And then uh you got John's right hand man who is a. Uh, John found him out on the streets and saved him from getting captured by the cops, basically. And he's an or- he's a disorganized criminal. And of course, John's trying to make him into an organized criminal, mm-hmm. so he doesn't get caught. And Chris is having a hard time with all that because you know Chris wants to do it his way, doesn't want to listen to an old man. So they have their own. So you can relate to those two characters when when they're bickering as well. Yeah. I hope I answered that question right because that's you know relate is a yes word oh, yeah. that in many different ways
0: yeah no I understand that so can you tell us anything that you had to edit out of the book maybe something that you wish um had made the final cut but didn't
2: well you know I, I edited it out for a reason and once I tell you you might be oh yeah you might hang up and not talk to me ever again but
1: <laughs> we're crime but podcasters we're, we can handle it
2: <laughs> yeah I think so, and you know and that's what I, I wanted to be like uh you know just dark as demented as i could make it without going over the top so much but john has a dog that he rescued and the dog's a rottweiler i took a part out i thought about the dog more of a but i took it out because i thought it might just be way over the top but the dog was going to um have a role to play in one of the captives deaths by gnawing on a certain female part and letting her bleed out that way and john wasn't going to find out and so when john went to go cut her head off there would be no blood coming out and then he would have a conversation with the dog of, oh why did you do that you know what i mean but I, I just felt that was just way over the top and i don't even know why i'm sharing it with you right now but anyway <laughs>
1: but- We appreciate it. We like knowing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. right. So, yeah, I could have made it a little longer. I tried and actually, I took some of the gore out at the end, and that was closer to the end than in the beginning. So, I and I and I did, I took some of the gore out. It was a conscious decision. I've gotten a few bad reviews for doing that saying, Oh, you just had a deadline to be. It was, I made a conscious decision to take the gore out at the end to keep to the point so people could sleep at night. So that's another reason I took that out. And if there's one thing I could have added in, I would have made, uh, there's a chapter in there where he meets Ed Kempner. I made that short. Did, have you noticed, uh, oh, my dog's looking crazy. You're the cat. Anyway, have you noticed? Uh, <laughs> Is that your cat, uh, Aubrey?
1: Yes, he wants out. And now it's not Monster, it's Sparrow. He's a butthead. Because <laughs> the door's shut. He wants out. And then yes. he's going to want back in. Yes.
2: Right. And so so okay, so I think where where was I? Ed Kempner. I have to start yes. talking on my train of thought and then we're really going to be in trouble. But <laughs> I'm already there. But anyway, um, he meets Ed Kemper and he starts telling his story and I I wish I made that a little longer because did you guys know that Ed Kemper recorded like something like 500 books when he was incarcerated or he's still incarcerated but 500 books while he was incarcerated?
1: Really? I, didn't, yeah. I did not know that.
2: Yeah, including like Star Wars, uh, Rosemary Murders. There's a bunch of others, Flowers in the Attic. Here's the thing with those books, though. They're not really for the public. They're for like the deaf people. And I guess there was this uh, company charity maybe that did this for two reasons. One's to help the, the deaf people, you know, get books in their head by, you know, doing audio books. Mm-hmm. And the other part it was to help the inmates to maybe do something good for society, but it's pretty cool. You should look it up. You, I think you'd find it real interesting how they, how, you know, Ed did all that, but I cut it off short with Ed and I could have made it a little bit longer and had more of a storyline if I added that in there, because that would have given him a reason for John to come over and, and talk to him more. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing is I wish I had put that in there. Cause I think just, Throwing some fun facts in there with everything else makes the book even a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But see, here's the thing too: if you don't know these things and you don't think they're real, then you you just don't you won't get it, and you'll be like, "Well, why is he saying that?" Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. That's, anyway, that,
0: that's true. Um. But yeah, I didn't know that about Ed. That is that is yeah. really interesting.
2: Hey, do you know who Jim Morrison of the Doors? You heard of him? Yeah. The lead singer. You know, he's a little demented himself. Have have you heard the conspiracy about his uh mustang no i
1: haven't
2: it went gone missing for a long time and they could never trace it down or find it they finally said they think it's in a a junkyard somewhere it got towed away from the airport or something like that but that's not true at all because my guy has it john really yeah so but another fun fact that a lot of people don't know that the mustang was an actual you know history that is is,
0: uh that's cool that you know you put this little bit of history in this um right as well for sure and do you read the reviews of your books and oh my it's, gosh how do, do, do you deal with the positive and negative reviews
2: <laughs> well the positive ones I you know I can pat myself back with the ones I do get a little you know encouraged here disheartened I you will with uh some of those I make a mental note and I tell my you know I book won an award by the way I don't know if I told you or not but you, you did might not be, yeah an elit award the ebook <laughs> excellence award don't ask me what it all it's all about but hey I won second place so every time I get really encouraged I just keep telling myself well somebody liked it you won second place (laughs) metal hanging up so
1: yeah that's definitely a
0: good achievement
2: yeah thank you but
0: there's always gonna be the haters you know and i feel like people they hide behind a keyboard maybe some but you know
2: I, I think some of my haters are younger and that might have something to do with it because they just you're either going to get this book or you're not going to get this book if you know all the criminals that I'm referring to because I don't go into last names or anything like that you're gonna have to figure that out for yourself but I do give you dates so you can at least google a date and figure out oh this is who he's talking about you know what I mean?
1: mm-hmm. that makes sense
2: so yeah I, I you know I try not to I don't know get upset or get suicidal or any of that I just say okay you know what if I do make a second edition of this this is a point that I could add and to make my book better. Yeah that makes sense. Yeah.
0: And what is your
2: favorite book? <laughs> I have a few but my I guess my favorite one has not if you can believe it or not has nothing to do with killing at all. <laughs> it's an older book actually it's probably heck I've Probably about twenty something years old now, but it's uh, pretty much about it's a history of a certain part of history of the Navy. I was in the Navy for a long time, so I really like the Navy a lot. But when I was in the Navy, it was uh, do as I say, not as I do type stuff. Okay. Now nowadays it's lead by example. You know, I'm going to show you how to do it, and you're going you know what I mean. So it's totally different. It's got a lot of history, and it. if it, if you're a Navy buff or you're into that kind of stuff, it, it's from the Reagan era, President Reagan era. Okay. And how, how I thought it was interesting too, how uh, he was bamboozling and given all this money because we had to build our fleet up because the Russians had a fleet that they were building up. But that was a total lie. If you read the book, The Russian Navy, their boats were, uh, yeah, boats, their ships were like rusted out and everything else. And they, they were barely seaworthy. So we didn't really have anything to worry about at that time with the, Ru- maybe now we do, but at that time we didn't. But President Reagan fell on board with that and he, put all this money out there to build our fleet up it helped our our economy i guess but it's an interesting book i guess i should tell you the name of it huh It's, (laughs) it's called fall from glory the men who sank the u.s navy
1: oh wow okay yeah
2: but it, it's been around a while. I think the guy who wrote it, I think his last name is uh, Vistica, V-I-S-T-I-C-A. And I think he's a he was a news anchor or a news reporter or something like that. So, but I don't know. I found it very interesting. It's my favorite book because I was in the Navy and I was there when Tailhook went down, not, at, not in Vegas when it went down, but I don't even know if, do you know what Tailhook is?
0: I do not.
2: Do not. Well, Tailhook was a big thing with the with pilots all the aviation pilots they every year they would go and hoop it up in the hotels of las vegas but they have uh what they call hazing right you know what hazing Mm. is yes we we don't do that anymore of course but they haze some of the women and some of the women actually thought they were going to get raped going through this (gasps) mom gauntlet of men grabbing them and groping and it was being condoned because the secretary of the Navy there as well one of the top guys was there and so when that all hit the fan the navy changed its ways and and it got better you know with sexual harassment and all i mean every six months i had to go and get trained on sexual harassment and all this other stuff so very interesting book to say the least sorry i went overboard on describing it to you but oh
1: not at all fall from
2: glory the men who sank the u.s navy that's my favorite book
0: All right. Awesome. Um, And what's your favorite childhood book?
2: (laughs) Uh, Do you really want to know my favorite child? All right. Well, define childhood because I like Dr. Seuss books, but no, when I was like 12 years old, I got my hands on the Amityville horror. (laughs)
1: All right. And,
2: and, you know, back then I thought it was totally true, but I guess (laughs) been most of it's been debunked. But if you, if you go back to the, you know, before the hauntings there was an actual what a murder in there i think he took like he killed six people the guy defoe that was his name he actually killed his whole family in that house and that's you know supposedly that's why it was haunted or whatever but i that's my favorite childhood book and it's kind of cool because the guy who moved in there george loops they didn't the the ones that they made the movie after Mm -hmm. he actually looked a lot like the guy defoe the guy who actually killed his family they had a- oh my gosh yeah so i don't know that was my favorite childhood book
0: have you seen the um Amneville haunting as well like i know that they've had a few uh movies and stuff but i think that one isn't that one like on netflix or whatever
2: i don't know it might be i did, i never watched it after i found out it was all fake i you know the mm. the exorcist and all that was all fake and made mm-hmm. up this I lost interest. But at the time, that was my favorite book as a kid growing up. I know it's a little strange, but
0: that's a, that's quite all right.
2: <laughs> but that's how this book came to my mind, I guess. I don't know. These killers have been in my head for years, you know, so I've been haunted by that kind because I, I, I'm fascinated by what makes one want to do something like that. Mm. What makes one want to go overboard? And if you read the book, you can figure it out. You know, he went from just doing this to doing that to cutting people's heads off you know
0: yeah no i well, i completely agree 100 on that we we wonder that all the time um and that's what we always try to figure out is why people did this and what makes them
2: what makes to them that breaking it. point <laughs> right right well i don't know have you guys did have you guys gotten a chance to read the book or not yet
1: uh we haven't yet i think we were going to read it for book club yep on yep. the podcast oh okay cool cool yeah, so
0: um, we're finishing up Anne's Rule, uh, The Stranger Beside Me of uh, Ted Bundy first.
2: Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I like that.
0: And then, um, and then we're gonna we're we're gonna do yours for our next book club.
2: See, he's another one, an interesting character, Ted Bundy. You know, he's went under the radar for so long. You just never would have suspected somebody like that would do all those things. You know, yeah. it's just your next door neighbor sometimes. Yeah. Talk-
0: yeah, <laughs> and actually, uh his house is like 15 minutes away from me.
2: Oh, so really? Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: The
1: one in Utah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they've like repainted it three times, I guess, trying to make it not look like the house anymore. But I'm like, all Do right. People I'm still gonna...
2: go over there to take pictures and all that great stuff.
0: Yep. I actually went and did a ghost tour up of the hill there where he actually murdered some of his victims. So, uh, yeah. And my mom actually says that when she was in school at BYU, one of her roommates actually went missing. And there's a theory that Ted Bundy did it, but I mean, she's never been found.
1: My mother has a friend whose daughter was taken by Ted Bundy.
2: Get out of here. Yeah. Did the daughter live or did not live?
1: Did not live. Oh, wow. Yep. So guess what I recently got?
0: Mm, your order from Blossom Booty.
1: Yes. And it is so cute. Okay. I got a shirt that has like a whole bunch of different witchy pictures on it. I also got a shirt talks about casting spells and raising hell. Oh, hell yeah. It's pretty much my life. (sighs) So it seems pretty appropriate. I'm so excited to finally get these t-shirts in.
0: Didn't your wife get one too?
1: She did. Hers says bad vibes removal service.
0: (laughs) That is great. Awesome. Yeah. And I actually ordered one too. Got the soul searching t shirt. It's
1: adorable. I haven't received it yet. You better get it soon because then you'll have your soul.
0: Right. I need it so that I can
1: (laughs) want to check out shirts like ours or a whole bunch of other really, really awesome shirts. Cute stuff too. She's to offering
0: 20% off with Code Theories. And that is Blossom Boutique with two E's at the end. And I'll go ahead, I will link it here in the bio. So, guys, go check out Blossom Boutique.
1: This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. I'm Annie from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm Johanna from Vienna, Austria. We're the hosts of Fresh Hell, your international podcast that covers murder, mystery and the macabre throughout history. Are you interested in the 3569 ways your household could have killed you in the Victorian era? Do you know how malaria and syphilis played a role in the John List family murders? And have you ever wondered what Prince Albert's sex chair had to do with the murder of Stanford White? Okay, nothing. It had nothing to do with it. We're still telling you about it, though. It's a pretty great sex chair. If you're looking for another show that talks about Ted Bundy, this is probably not the podcast for you. But if you're looking for two women that cover lesser-known cases from all over the world with a lot of background information... So much background information that you will rock your local pub quiz from now on. Then find Fresh Hell Podcast on your favorite podcast app. We also have German cannibals. See you soon. Tschüss.
0: Um, so with school and session, yay, our kids are in school, Yeah, (laughs) but that also means that we have long school pickup lines. I mean, they are so long. I don't think you deal with that as much as we do, but mine take like a half hour to 45 minutes just to get through. Um, So that's why I play Best Beans. It helps the time just fly by, Um, especially with their little events that they have going on right now. They have a high seas adventure. And um, guys, you're not going to want to miss that.
1: In addition to the high seas adventure, there is a gold rush, which is a challenge where if you finish it all, you win birthday, Howie. Woo! You should definitely go download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store today. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Yeah, it's crazy. Actually, I know, um, well, my friend knows,
0: she actually personally knows, um, oh crap, I can't remember her name. It's an author too, but she actually escaped Ted Bundy. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's nuts. Was she the one? Was she the one that at the mall that jumped out of the car and ran away? I think it was the mall because he passed himself off as a cop and was like out the station and yeah. Yeah, Officer Rosalind.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep, definitely. That is uh that is that is her. And yeah, and I mean she went public with this and she actually still has like friends and family that won't talk to her now because they think that she made this all up for attention and stuff.
1: What? Yes. Uh, some people's family I swear
0: I know
2: they're worse than serial killers man you make, <laughs> they're gonna make you into one.
0: Oh, seriously so what uh, fascinates you about serial killers and which one fascinates you the most
2: well like I said before with the serial killer um the fascination with me is just the fact that how can you what sets you off? How can now some, I get it. If you're killing people, you're in the mafia or something like that, and it's business, I kind of can get that, but you still have to be pretty psychotic to do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Just to go out
2: and do it for self-gratification and have disregard for human life period and disregard for the authority. That's just, that's what fascinates me. Like I said, Ted Bundy, you know, really fascinated me at one point because he was just and the zodiac fascinates me too because he never mm-hmm. got caught. So the oh, ones who don't pseudocot- caught the, the zodiac.
1: Caught. I agree with you on that one. Yeah.
2: yeah. And Ed Kemper, he's another fascinating guy in his own right cuz you know he he's still alive and he was like, yeah, I want them to I want to talk to them. I want them to figure out what's wrong with me. So he knew there was something wrong with him. He knew he wasn't supposed to be doing this, but he did it anyway.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, I mean, I was just doing a case on uh, Robert Durst.
2: Yes, I was listening to that podcast a little bit of it anyway. I haven't gotten finished. I've been out of town.
0: I, it's crazy that you know so many people could be connected by, to him, huh? He did it by accident, is what
2: yes. I heard. Yes, yeah, that's what you were. I didn't know that until I listened to your podcast and then chopping up the body and send it off to sea. That was pretty good too.
0: (laughs) And then he gets off, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then you know his big old fancy lawyers like it was self defense.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, if you got enough, I shouldn't say it, but I'm gonna anyway. You got enough money, you you can get away with pretty much anything. That the criminal system is is it's not right. We have to fix it. It's broken.
1: That one kind of relates back to a Patreon episode we just recorded about OJ Simpson.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember when he showed up on the television, I was stationed out here in San Diego and he was, you know, they had the Ford Bronco live on the television following him down the road. It was crazy.
1: He was a very publicized big case. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me. I mean, it's like,
0: oh, if they can afford all these lawyers, most of the time they can get off. And I think that's well, one, not... one thing that Ted Bundy thought that he could get off too, because he studied this, you know?
1: <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Yeah, and that intrigued me about him, too. He did his own case. He relived his own killings right there in front of the victims. That is sick, man. It's very demented what he did, how he did it. And But you know what's funny? He got away twice. He was smart enough to escape, but he was dumb enough to get caught right away. <laughs> so I don't know. And very then young. he
0: just, you know, murdered right when he got, uh, got out, too. It's like, all right. If you're trying to play the innocent card here, that's not going to work very well.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right right he just lost his mind I think at that point he imploded basically he knew he was caught he was like I'm gonna have one last hoorah before I get you know get killed I guess yeah uh, but yeah I don't want to get political on you or anything but I know a guy who uh and I actually had to tell him hey man I wrote this book and he, I was afraid he was never gonna talk to me again because of it but he was like no man let me have it let me read it I want to read it but anyway his it happened in 2011 it was. It's called the Seal Beach Massacre. I don't know if you ever heard of it or not, but it was a. It was a salon, and his wife was actually cutting hair in there, along with like eight other people. Mm-hmm. And the she worked with a a, a woman whose ex husband they were having a child custody battle, mm-hmm. and, and he walked in there and he just started shooting everybody, and he shot my friend's <gasps> wife. <over. gasps> yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah. It happened, it's been, what, 10 years ago now, but it still makes the news every now and then again because of, all right, so this was an open and shut case. They, they got him, they put him in jail, but then this is Orange County, California, we're talking about, so they put a jailhouse snitch in there with him, and mm-hmm. so they didn't have to do that, but the prosecutor was saying, oh, yeah, we did it because we, we didn't want him to claim insanity, so we were trying to set him up. But see, that's what I'm talking about, how our system's broken. Because when I say we try to do the right thing, when, when the prosecutor tried to do the right thing by putting somebody in there to make sure he wasn't going to get off on a Senate, he, he broke the law. And by breaking the law, what happens? They took the death penalty off the table. And my friend was livid because he wanted that guy to fry. He doesn't yeah. want him to, I think it's better you put him in jail and let him rot in jail for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? But my friend's like, no, I want him to die. And it gets it gets a little political because the district attorney that that actually he, the guy who's in there now I don't know, I don't know if I should say his name or not but the guy who's in there now my friend helped get him in there because he said I'm gonna fix all this those guys were wrong for putting the jailhouse snitch in there we're not this isn't gonna happen anymore and then once he got in there he turns around lets these guys retire instead of you know giving. He gives them a slap on the wrist instead of holding these guys accountable for breaking the law and doing what they did. And then uh, not only that, he goes, this just happened recently, he goes to their retirement party and says, oh, what a great job you guys did. And that just pisses my friend off every time he thinks about it. If you want to get more on it, you could always go to hashtag uh, SpitzerResign, and you can find out all kinds of cool stuff all right awesome yeah sorry i went off on a little
0: no you're fine Uh, we get uh we get all passionate about that stuff too and sometimes we just run don't we (laughs) yep
2: i actually i don't want to say he's an ex-friend of mine he's uh i didn't think he did this i didn't I, i i he talked a good he was from new jersey i met him in the military his name's John as well, but it's not spelled J-O-H-N, it's Jonathan. But anyway, he would tell me stories about before he joined the military that he was involved with uh, mafia-type people. But I didn't. no one really believed him because he he's a one-upper. He always had a better story than everyone else's, so we mm-hmm. didn't believe half the stuff he said. But uh, he actually wound up killing his mother-in-law for insurance money. Yeah. And he could have gotten away with it. He was, he was, he got away with it for like a year, year and a half. It was a cold case. They didn't, you know, they didn't think anything about it, but him and his business partner got in a real bad argument and his business partner knew what he had done. You know, what it's even funnier is he never saw a dime of that life insurance money because that person said, if you marry my daughter, she told her "Her daughter, if you marry this guy, I'm cutting you out of my will. And she cut him out. You know what I mean? And because she, she saw through him. And it's weird because all the guys that knew him loved the guy. You know, he was a likable guy. But the girls, most of the girls, they, they sensed something was wrong with him from the get-go. My wife hated him even. Uh, Why are you hanging out with this guy for? You know, I'm like, he's funny. Look, man, you know, he's got stories, you know. But yeah, that was another. How he got caught was he beat his business partner to an inch of his life. And he said, if you tell on me, I'll come back and finish the job. Oh. Well, I think if he just finished the job, he probably wouldn't have gotten caught and still been out,
1: Oh but, wow.
2: but DNA finally got him. And and that's when I, I was like, you know, I, cause for years I was like, this guy's innocent. He talks a lot of crap, but he would never do that. He would never.
1: Do yeah, crap. they are. They're going after you now. Okay. I always think that about my Google, whenever I ask questions or my searches, cause I always, I am researching crime <laughs> right. and I'm also studying to be a preschool teacher. <laughs> So it makes a really weird assortment of Google searches. Well, just don't uh, Google Jim
2: Jones or any of those, you know, uh, cult leaders. And I think you might be.
0: Or how to murder children.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, I don't know where we got
2: cut off at. So I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter.
0: I think exactly where we were. Um, yeah, when
2: we got cut up. Well, how my friend got caught, I think. Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Beat is, it, it, It's a fascinating story. If I can give you his name, you look him up, uh, and look up the uh, case file. You know what do they call it when you go to trial? They have a uh, the whole thing on trial. I forget what you call oh. it. Uh, what do you call it? I'm going nuts now. I'm trying to think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's called. State versus Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. It happened in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you look, if you look up like Jonathan Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H, murder in Cincinnati or murder in Ohio, it will pop up and it will pop up State versus Hirsch. Oh yeah. Law, find law, and you click on that, it will go into exactly how he beat up his business partner I think there's another one he was going to go after and try to shut his mouth too it's it's crazy all this stuff and how he did it how he waited for his mother-in-law to come out of the house early in the morning mm-hmm. he had an alibi but they and they it's funny how they caught him too with the alibi they blew his alibi out of the water because he, he had his business partner in Florida I think calling people the way they did it the, the defense attorney was being kind of tricky and he threw out the alibi at the last minute so there's no way for the prosecution to, to rebuttal it right away but there was a, a a cop in there that said hey you know we have other databases so let's see if he's not in the criminal database but he might be in one maybe he got a ticket on the way home or something like that and sure enough they found him in like somewhere way up north of, of where he said he was so they blew his alibi out of the water plus they had the dna on him so that was it for the for him wow yeah
0: but it, yeah i'm looking it's close right to now. home you
2: know are you yeah, yeah. It, it's close to home and you know i don't know if that's why john is the name of my character or not i would i want to say it's not but i don't it, i just pulled that name from a hat and so i'm gonna use this name and you know <laughs> hey Sorry. you know
0: what no no it works um and and john's a pretty common name too so that kind of also puts in two kind of suspense too all right this guy has a common name um it's sometimes right. it's harder to track him, you
1: know
2: right well in the book i do say that like his name's always been his first name has always been john you know what I mean? His last name, he changes his last name, but his first mm-hmm. name was always John because if he did ever run into anybody and they said, you're not going to call him by your last name unless you're in the military. So if you run right. into anybody, town, they're going to say, hey, John, and he wouldn't have a, a weird moment of, you know, don't call me that or you got the wrong guy or anything like that. He could be mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. it makes sense. John Goodman, John Mudgett, you know. <laughs> always no, first name john as a matter of fact you know in in my book where he's talk, my guys talking about uh ed kemper at the end he says yeah i i wish i i would have wrote to you but i w- i didn't want to throw my freedoms in your face i actually because john when he first got put my my john hirschman he got put in jail he would write to me and i would write back to him but after a while i quit writing to him not because I found out he was, I didn't find out till he was guilty till later on. I quit writing to him because I didn't want to tell him how great, you know, Oh, I just had a kid, but like, cause he has, he had a previous marriage with some children and he's not going to mm-hmm. see his grow up. And I felt like I was rubbing my freedoms in his mm-hmm. face. So instead of, I just stopped writing them altogether because of that, because of that. So I don't know. He probably hates me for that, that I didn't. <laughs> in touch with him but I don't think anybody did after they found out he was guilty
0: yeah yeah I I don't think it probably wasn't anyone's surprise you know
2: yeah matter of fact one of my ex-girlfriends was advocating for his freedom Mm. she was like you know so (laughs) probably I was pretty close to this guy for a few years when I was in the military he didn't his uh, mother-in-law until he got out of the military and he got married to somebody that I actually was served with as well. So.
0: so how long did you write him for? Like how long before his trial was and everything?
2: Oh uh, yeah, no, it was probably a year, maybe probably three or four letters. And then I was like, you know what? I can't even write to this guy anymore. I just can't do it. you know, when he was found guilty, he was found guilty with life without parole mm. as well. But but even in the beginning when they found him guilty, I I didn't know they had DNA evidence. I never like looked at the case until years later.
0: Yeah. Man, that DNA, that's, uh, you know, catching up with people now.
2: Yeah. And well, good on the mother you know good on the mother-in-law for she had a key in her hand when she was going to the car mm-hmm. she into his i don't know where but she dug it into him somewhere and that's where they got the dna from oh wow yeah you otherwise props to her yeah right Split her throat yeah well if you read the whole thing it will tell you in there why he did he left the ball cap there because the newspaper said he was a green beret and a seal but that's not totally true he was a green beret and then he joined the navy and he was nothing in the navy but a you know a regular Joe Schmo like the rest of us he wasn't a special forces at that point I think that kind of messed him up too the reason he got divorced the first time was because his wife woke up to a gun in her mouth and he used to hold sweats at night so classic case of PTSD if I ever heard of oh, it yeah so
0: man yeah and a PTSD it's that's no joke like
2: yeah no oh, but yeah he he got divorced from his first wife for that and then married the one that I want that I was stationed with in the military we were all actually stationed together in Orlando Florida but anyway enough about him I guess sorry we
0: can do it no you're just fine oh I don't you know what I don't mind at all um and so are you currently writing another book
2: not I'm I'm sighing because not really I This was supposed to be a one and done for me. I I did it because I always said I was going to do it. And I did it because I feel like it just, I don't know. When I started watching some of these other shows that came out, Mindhunter and all this stuff, I was like, it's, it's time to write this book because I felt like it was a sick, demented twisted thing that people would like and so and so I left it open-ended and because I was gonna close it shut and I'm like don't do that leave it open-ended just in case and now little William keeps creeping in my head late at night and I find myself writing down things at night little notes about and one more I think I have one more book left in me but after that that's it unless i write one of my own my life story it'd be called uh, the life of a drunken sailor
1: <laughs> it's a funny title at least right right
2: well i met interesting people i mean john's not the only interesting person i met in there you know in the service
0: yeah no i bet i bet uh you know you met some interesting people for sure
2: <laughs> yeah
0: well what advice do you have for other writers?
2: Well, I'm not an expert, like I said, in that field, but I guess my advice don't procrastinate 23 years. Like I did, <laughs> you know, get it out as quick as possible Well, maybe not as quick as possible. Give some, I read different ways of writing and some writers will sit in a room quiet for four or five hours and just write, write, write. I couldn't do it that way. I just... As ideas pop in my head, I'll I'll write them on napkins. I'll write them anywhere I can find a place to write them. And then I just put them in a folder. And then one day I'll say, all right, I think I got enough. I'm going to, for a chapter, I got enough for whatever. And I'll start writing it out that way. Yeah. That makes sense. So Mm -hmm. maybe pay more attention in class when you're literature class and writing (laughs) class and all that. Pay closer attention in there. That might help you out. That's pretty much all I got.
0: Sounds good enough to me because I know when I'm even looking for stories or something, I'll just like something will pop in my head and I'll be like, okay, I've got to do that one eventually. And then I actually send myself a message. I send myself an email most of the time. And I'm like, I got to cover this story at some point in time. So I have a
1: notebook with like at least 20 or 30 names of people I need to do written down.
2: Right. Well, that's good because if you don't, you will, you will lose a couple of those along the way. You know what I mean? If you don't write down, there's some things that I've lost. I had recordings and stuff from old tapes and stuff, and I just misplaced them and whatnot. So I kind of had to think of what did I say on these tapes? It sounded so good, but now I can't, you know, write it because I can't remember the exact words I said. Bourbon. Yep,
0: yep, and all that. Do you try to be more original to deliver the readers what they want, not as original?
2: I think my story is original and I wasn't really, I don't know if I should say concerned about the readers. I was concerned in the fact that that would be my other advice, you know, when you're writing too, if you have a trusted friend or two that you can let them look at it and give you feedback, that's an awesome way to do it as well, because I thought I had my book finished and I handed it to somebody. I had my daughter and my daughter's friend and they both came back. What are you talking about here? What do you mean to say here? What is this? What is that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I didn't, i never thought of that. I never, When well, you know
0: what you're talking about. You yes. know.
2: <laughs> so I didn't have the readers at mind when I wrote the book, I knew what I was talking about.
1: <laughs> I like that better. I like it when you write the book to write the book, not to like just be fan service and, given to what you think the people would want
2: right well you know I was worried about that too because going back to my uh reviews and things I haven't gotten that many reviews yet I'm hoping to get more good or bad because I'll take all that and hopefully I will maybe next time Kate because if it's that bad I'll write a second edition but it can't be that bad because I won an award so there you go I don't know
0: yeah well you know what like I said uh, there's always going to be People with negative marks, and you can't please everyone. I mean, right. I think for goodness sakes, I think we even have a review that says this episode, this episode, and this episode suck, but all the rest are okay. <laughs> and someone else wrote up below that, like, okay, hey, like, why? Oh, all right. Like, why did you even point that out? Or why are you listening if you think that these suck? So, yeah.
2: <laughs> but you wasted an hour of my time. That's why. No, it wasn't me. I swear. I'm <laughs> whatever it's all your fault oh i hope they don't think this interview sucks so you know <laughs> watch out i have some more negative re- reviews
1: oh gosh yeah
2: well, we get negative we
1: get- reviews all the time from family members like why are you talking about my family member i'm like because they're like stop podcast. talking about them i'm like because it relates no. yeah i've had some people too be like um
0: they're like keep that name out of your dirty mouth. And I was like, okay, first off, I always try. I honestly, I try to contact anyone involved to see if they had any information to say. And most of the time they don't respond, but I'm like, all this is public knowledge. But I mean, if people Googled it, they'd be able to, you know, enough, they'd be able right. to find it. But if you right. would like to say something, feel free to message me. You don't
1: need to, you don't need to yell at me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Well, yeah, because I was listening to the beginning of your podcast for, you know, the dirts there and you were talking about if it's time to go, you should be able to take, you know, say, I want to put a needle in me and put me down like a dog. Mm-hmm. I believe that too. You know, I have a family member that I'm watching right now too, that he's, he lost his wife to COVID. She mm-hmm. was 82, he's 86 and he's so depressed all the time and he doesn't never want to get out of bed, but we. One of us has to be here with him, so I have plenty of time to write. Yeah. Is, yeah.
0: But no, yeah. I, I mean, it was awful. It was almost a week of no food or no water, Ugh. and we just went and we visited him and breathing like once in a while and then like wheezing. Uh, and I'm like, why? Why is euthanasia not legal? We should be able to say, my body gets to this point in life, that's what I want. We should right. be able to be around your friends and family instead of just dying painfully like that.
2: Right. You're right. Well, I had, who would she be to me? No one to me, but my, uh, my, I guess an aunt, you know, from uh, uh, the same guy I'm watching, my father-in-law, his, Mm -hmm. his sister kept, kept her husband alive a lot longer on a machine, a lot Mm -hmm. longer than she should have. The minute they pulled the plug, he was going, Mm -hmm. but she just couldn't. She didn't want to sign over to pull the plug. And all of us were like, you need to let him go. You know, just let him go. He's already gone. Just pull the plug and let him go. After, I think, a year, listen to us.
0: Wow. Maybe Holy it wasn't
2: yeah. a year. Maybe it was more like six months. But it was a long time, a lot longer than it should have been.
0: That's a long time to have someone yeah. on there. I mean, we... Uh... Justin, my husband's mom is the one that had a power of attorney. And I mean, he even had it in his will, but he, he didn't want to be on a machine. He didn't want DNR. So he was on a machine for a little bit. It was like two, three days. And she's like, he can't. No, that's not what he wanted. This isn't living.
2: <laughs> right.
0: He was outside any chance he could get. And, and I mean, he lost 180 pounds in a year. Wow. Was he a big guy to start with? Like 180 pounds sounds like a lot
2: well yeah he must have been
0: he well when he passed he was only 82 pounds oh my gosh
2: so 260 yeah yeah well, So i mean the- just
0: a little bit you know oh i think that that is a little bit overweight but not like huge you know no not bad no 260
2: i got brothers that weigh more than that so if you're listening out there you yeah know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) she would stay in the hospital with him all day. So I don't know, you know, she would stay with him, but Mm. he wasn't there. Let him go.
0: Um, Well, and do you have any other unpublished or half finished books that are just lying around?
2: Well, like I said, I do have uh, William in my head, so he's very unfinished, but I do have a lot of notes laying around for him, and the life of a drunken sailor was kind of a joke, but I do have some of that written.
1: (laughs) I think it would be kind of interesting. I'd probably read it.
2: Hey, I spent some time in New Orleans, and you get pretty drunk down there, and weird (laughs) stuff happens down there. I could tell you guys some stories, but I better not right now.
1: We got to write the book, and then we can read them.
2: Yeah, there you go. for
0: sure i know aubrey herself has a few books that aren't finished
2: well what's going on aubrey let's go
1: no kidding mine have been 17 years in the writing so i guess i have a few more years before i have to really
2: (laughs) well don't let me set the standard for you (laughs) don't let me be one
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah aubrey get on it
1: i will work on it. it's almost november maybe i'll do nanoramo there you go
2: (laughs) just just write one chapter a month and then in what a year and a half you'll be done maybe how many chapters do you think you got it in the book oh probably 35 35 chapters all right well you better do one chapter a week then
1: i I like (laughs) i like small chapters because then i it makes me read faster because i'm like oh there's only like five pages left
2: I'm with oh, you. there. That. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. I, that's another, you know, that's why I wanted to keep it a short story. I didn't want to make it too long and get too confusing because I learned a long time ago to keep it simple, stupid. That's a phrase we used to learn in the military. <laughs> another reason. Have you ever heard of these books? I'm a therapist and my patient is the next school shooter.
1: Oh, no, but it sounds fascinating.
2: Yeah, yeah these are short stories. They have short, short um, chapters in them. And that's why I like this book because I'll read a chapter or two and I'll put it down and go back and read another couple of chapters. It's pretty cool. They got a lot of mixed reviews too. So I don't feel so bad, but they got like 2000 reviews. I only got like 20, I think if that. Let's
0: see. I've got to look up that book now.
2: It's Dr. Harper. I'm sure it's a titious name, Dr. Harper. Actually, when I first started reading it, I thought it was a a woman doctor because he kissed a man and all this stuff. And then after the doctor gets put in prison and it's a male prison. So I'm I'm like, what's going on here? I couldn't figure it out at first that it was just, you know, he was a gay guy.
1: You never can assume these days.
2: I know. Right. I hope I said that right. I I hope gay is not the wrong term because I'm a little out of times myself.
1: I think you're all right. (laughs) Yeah. Aubrey's in the.
0: LGBTQI plus community so I oh
1: you're not that far out of it yourself
2: well, well okay LBG, fair enough well that's that's a i guess that would be a book for the lbgtq is that did i say it right QIA?
1: is it i a LGBTQIA. yes okay i have to say it myself all of it or else i can't even get it <laughs> all right well yeah and i mean
0: that's all the questions i had Audrey, do you have anything else I don't
1: think so. I think that was it. I don't
2: know. Cool. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there's another good book. If you guys are, you know, anybody who's into serial killers, this is a like factual book. Let me see. It's because I, I read this book. It's got all different. It's like 400 page book, but it's got all different couple killers, brother and sister killers, you name it. They have it in this written in this book and it's called the serial killer files. by Harold S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R I'm sure you could get some ideas from reading his book too there's just so many different killers out there that you don't even think of so I don't know why I'm plugging other people's books besides my own I don't know why I'm doing that but anyway (laughs) there you have it
0: (laughs) hey that's okay (laughs) read right not that we don't have enough,
2: right? Yeah. There's, have you guys ever heard of uh, Peggy Sue Altes, A L T E S? Yes. Oh, have you?
1: Okay. Yeah, because oh, I, I worked in a bookstore for years, so I've heard of a decent amount of random authors. But
2: <laughs> well, no, Altes wasn't an all- author. She was a eleven-year-old. Oh, she went missing. Yeah. Oh, she went,
1: never mind. That's yeah. close to an author's name then.
2: Yeah. No, she was. She she didn't go missing. She was she got stabbed 17 times <gasps> and they actually thought they caught the guy who did it and then he got acquitted due to DNA and then they thought they caught another guy who did it but he got acquitted after 11 years in jail or something like that yeah. <laughs> he got acquitted because of DNA but they deserved to go to jail anyway because I guess they were uh, touching other kids and the kids came forward and that's how they like got put in the spotlight uh-huh. So, but think about that their parents are still out there trying to they want closure before they die you know what i mean and i don't think they're ever going to get it because this happened back in 1984 this happened back in 84 and the only reason i i'm interested in it at all is because i there was a, a a facebook friend if you will an acquaintance i don't really know her too much but she told me have you ever heard of this person and i started just looking into it just because and I guess the person who asked me that question was 11 years old and was her friend at the time in 1984 Mm -hmm. so I'd like to pick her brain a little bit more as well one day I'll probably do that she wanted me to write a book about that but I don't think there's enough there to write a book but if I do write another book that might be it
1: all right that would be okay I'm very intrigued if you ever do write some of these books
2: especially the Drunken Sailor one. I think I'm gonna do that one first.
0: You should,
1: hmm yeah.
2: The light hearty book instead of, you know, depressing. <laughs> but, but that's why I, my, I don't think, it, my book is probably depressing to the, in a way because when, when you're done with it, I don't think you have, in this. I kind of wanted it that way where you don't really, you're like, what did I just read? And why do I feel the way I feel? Because you feel like a serial killer because you've been walking in his shoes for the last mm. eight chapters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Anyway, I'm sorry I keep rambling after you told me we were done. So. Oh
1: gosh, no, you <laughs> are fine.
0: You are just fine. Um. Thank you yeah. for having me, though. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, guys, too. So we do have six copies uh, to give away as well. I put one on our TikTok, so we'll probably pick one of those. Probably. Announce it the day that this comes out. And then we wanted to do some other ones, some other giveaways. We'll probably do like a listener story. So if you guys have a true crime listener story you want to give us, um we'll now a, is the time to do it.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah, there you go.
0: We'll be giving away Wait. um some of the books for that. So
2: and and don't forget to mention I think I put uh bookmarkers in there as well. So they get a bookmarker with it.
0: Oh, yes. all
1: right, very yes, did.
0: Good. And he signed ours. Um, We're just that special though.
2: Right. Right. (laughs) If you want your signed, just, I don't know, get a hold of me somehow and I'll, I'll figure out a way to sign one and get it to you if if it means that much.
1: Oh, there you go.
2: No, my friend, some of my closest friends I've given books to. And then that's the first question. Why haven't you signed it? And I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. I just didn't think you'd want me to sign it. I don't know. i Spiel. always
0: like my uh my author's book sign if i can mm-hmm. i if i can find them i prefer it like that's actually why i have so many books that i pre-order so oh uh, yeah
2: well i don't know if you if you, if we can do this again i'm getting a fresh set of books coming in this week actually so we can do it again find them if you want we'll send six more out
0: all right hey guys yeah so um yeah and then Like we said, after we're done with this, our book uh, club that we've got going on now, we will be doing reading this book. So you guys have plenty of chances now to um, get your copy to read along. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John, for coming and hanging out with us. Yeah, it was a wonderful interview. Thank you.
2: No, thank you. appreciate it.
0: Of course. Um, And well, guys, I hope you guys... uh, enjoyed this as well and make sure to run a few other contests too to make sure that you guys can all uh get this book as well um and well all as always guys just keep
2: stay crazy
0: stay crazy there we go all right (laughs) okay all right don't
2: steal my line i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm
0: sorry i'm gonna steal (laughs) your line there